one fund on point for today and the expert to talk about it. This is the ETF of the week. Welcome to the ETF of the week, where we get the latest take from Tom Lydon, vice chairman at Vetify.com. Vetify is a site that has all kinds of data, news, support, and everything you need to be a smart and savvy investor in exchange-traded funds. Vetify.com, just like it sounds, on Twitter at Veta underscore Fi. Tom Lydon, it's great to chat with you again. Great to be back. Thanks, Chuck. Your ETF of the week is... The Spider S&P Regional Banking ETF, ticker symbol KRE. Ooh, the KRE, the Spider S&P Regional Banking ETF. And no, that was not your usual applause. Now, it's not necessarily that you're saying it's a loser, but I don't have to ask you if this is a 200-day moving average play because it wasn't even before we wound up watching all hell break loose in the banking industry. So is this just a runaway from this or is there more to it, Tom? Chuck, you know, you and I enjoy the ETF of the week every week. And sometimes we talk about areas of the market that all of a sudden are outperforming others, or we talk about fundamentals in the marketplace, or we talk about what might be coming based on the current economy. I think everybody, including individual investors, corporations, those that are in the banking business or investment business have been paying attention to what has gone on in regional banks this last week. With that being said, we have a variety of regional bank ETFs that represent that area. As you can imagine, they were affected the same way. They were down, but a couple things. First of all, they're diversified. We know that there were a couple banks that were more heavily hit than others and the fact that they were under receivership. So like Silicon Valley Bank, there are others that were fairly close to the fire like First Republic. And then also there were some areas of the market, even even bigger banks that weren't regional banks that were negatively affected. But what I wanted to do in bringing this ETF, which is the largest regional bank ETF to ETF of the week, would talk about if you like this sector, and we've talked about regional banks for in, during the last couple of years because they tend to do pretty well during times of rising interest rates. During times of rising interest rates, they're able to charge more for mortgages in the regional area, uh, car loans, credit cards. There's more money that comes into regional banks during higher interest rates from a percentage standpoint than the bigger banks, because the bigger banks also have asset management and trading income that can also help their top line and their bottom line where lending tends to be the main income stream for regional banks. With that being said, in early March, we saw this ETF and most of the other regional bank ETFs go below their 200-day average. So if you were trading it or following a 200-day strategy and you were disciplined, you wouldn't have owned it this last week. On top of that, you'd be in a situation where you've avoided a major loss and at the same time might be able to do some bottom picking and we can talk more about that in a little bit. Well, yeah, I want to get to the bottom picking, but the point here is if this had been a 200-day moving average play 
And that's why you would use it, especially, you know, sector funds, single country funds. Anytime we're talking about things along those lines, we're much more likely to say they're 200-day moving average plays. Not that they have to be, but that's rare. You really know you're going to get a little bit of heightened volatility because you've narrowed the focus and concentrated the fund. So we know that we like them there. I mean, the good news is if you had it here before you ever heard the words Silicon Valley Bank, you would have been out because this would have put you out on a 200-day moving average. Well, now, of course, there are people who say you want to do some bottom feeding, but with a 200-day moving average, you're not going to be in for a while because it's going to take a little while for it to get back. So you're never going to get the bottom if you're doing a 200-day moving average. So what's the play then that way? Because we just watched a 200-day moving average that would have worked to save you, but it wouldn't be the strategy you want to follow if bottom fishing is your aim. Yeah, no one really knows all the time when it's a good buy. I mean, look, do you and I feel that this ETF is probably going to be up three years from now? Probably. Could there be other areas or other sectors or other areas of the world that could be up more? Absolutely. Could this area of the market actually decline a lot more from where it is right now? That could happen as well. That's why when you talk about investing in thinly sliced sectors and using a trend line, it makes a lot of sense because you remove the emotion. Now, again, to your point, if you're following a 200-day average, it's going to take a while for the current 200-day average to decline to the point where it can catch up to the current pricing. However, another thing you could do is use a shorter-term moving average, like a 50-day average, which is going to catch up a lot quicker. You're going to have to be more nimble. Shorter-term moving averages actually require more discipline, more trades, and they also get more whipsaws, meaning not every buy and sell is going to end up being the right move. So it was an opportunity with everything that was going on in the market to A, point out that regional banks do have a place in investor portfolios. ETFs have done a great job of representing that area of the marketplace. They performed exactly the way they should. There was never any closed trading. There were never any halts or anything like that. The spreads continued to be very tight during that trading period, which also says a lot for the way ETFs are operating. But finally, this is an area that is a part of our economy, especially in a regional area, and will continue to be so in the future. So don't be scared of it. But if you like it, an easy way to gain emotional security while you're investing in it is use a trend line don't buy it and forget about it. You've got an obligation when you do buy it and being a trend follower to stick to the discipline. This fund was roughly at its 200-day moving average, its 50-day moving average, et cetera, as recently as the 3rd of March, 3rd or 4th of March. It fell below, then you had all the problems. I'm curious, you know, when you talk about, okay, on the buying side, maybe you shorten it down, you use a 50-day moving average. If you use the 50-day moving average to buy back in, are you on the 50 to get out? Or do you say, I'll use the 50 to get back in and the 200 to get out? And for folks who don't understand, let's just point out that as you and I record this interview, which is a day or two before people will be hearing it, the fund itself is trading in the 45 range and the moving averages are all in the 60 range, you know, 60, 61. So it would take a little bit longer to get to the 200 day moving average than the 50. So can you mix and match your, your moving averages? It's not advisable, Chuck, and I'll tell you why. You may get above the 50-day average, and then 
if you use the 200 day to sell but you're already below the 200 day and it rolls over and goes down doesn't give you the exit point that you're looking for so use the 50 day for the full cycle getting in and getting out and then if you want to go back in and the 200 day at that point is caught up that gives you an opportunity to revert back to the 200 day which is going to be a smoother trend not as many trades but it's not going to be as precise as a 50-day average either. But a 50-day average is going to give you more whipsaws. It proves that point on why you use moving averages. And it is an area of the market that people right now are talking about and saying how brave they want to be. Well, it's an interesting fund if you're that brave investor. Not a buy recommendation now. It's important you heard that buzzer. We don't sound that too often when we're doing this. It's the KRE, the Spider S&P Regional Banking ETF the ETF of the week from Tom Lydon. Tom, always a pleasure. Thanks, Chuck. The ETF of the week is a joint production of Vetify and Money Life with Chuck Jaffe. And yes, that's me. I've got an hour-long weekday podcast that you might love. So check it out on your favorite podcast app or by going to moneylifeshow.com. To learn more about investing in exchange-traded funds, to get more data and news and much, much more, check out vetify.com. They're on Twitter at Veta underscore Fi. They've got everything you need to research and decide on the ETFs you're using or avoiding. And Tom Lydon, their vice chairman, my guest, well, he's on Twitter too. He is at Tom Lydon. The ETF of the week is here for you every Thursday. We hope you will follow along on your favorite podcast app and tell your friends about us. We'd love to see you again next week. And until then, happy investing, everybody. Happy investing, everybody.